Okay, so I hear you like books. Why, yes, I do. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have. Are you seeing the books? Everything you would want to read is right here. Feel it. Feels good, right? Just smell it. Nothing, nothing smells like that. Welcome, friends, to Reading the Newberries, episode 33. This is a team friendship podcast. Today we'll be talking about Sarah Plain and Tall, one of my favorites, winner of the 1986 Newberry Medal by Patricia McLaughlin. I am joined today by my fellow podcasters, Lauren. Hello, friends. And Mandalay. What up, friends? And I am Leah, and we are so excited to talk about this book and just, you know, spend a little time with our, our friends, you know, our book friends. Lauren, would you like to tell us a little bit about this lovely book? I would. I'm just going to read the Goodreads book description. Mm. Well, part of it. It says, This beloved Newbery medal-winning book is the first of five books in Patricia McLaughlin's chapter book series about the Whitting family. Set in the late 19th century and told from young Anna's point of view, Sarah Plain and Tall tells the story of how Sarah Elizabeth Wheaton comes from Maine to the prairie to answer Papa's advertisement for a wife and mother. Before Sarah arrives, Anna and her younger brother Caleb wait and wonder, will Sarah be nice? Will she sing? Will she stay? Dun, dun, dun. Guys, I just love this book. I really loved it, too. I also enjoyed it very much. I ended up, so I listened to this on audio, and then I just ended up listening to the rest of the series, except for the last book. I couldn't find that one. Mm. And I just think each book just made me love, love it more. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And I've never read these before, and I don't remember them being read to me as a kid either. So I'm fairly certain I read at least the first one when I was a kid. Um, my mom actually had a copy that she gave me, and I, I remember reading it. I wasn't sure, because I also watched a movie, and so I thought maybe that was how I knew it. Um, but then as I was reading this book, I realized, oh, no, I've definitely read this before. And I, as we get in it, I'll tell you something that I say not all the time, but quite often. And I didn't realize that it came from this book. <laughs> I just, it was one of those things like, oh, I heard it when I was a kid. Hmm. Um, and then I realized it was from this book and it stuck with me all these years. Aw, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the movie, there's movies. Mm-hmm. They're Hallmark movies. Of and course. I've never watched them. Um, but Glenn Close plays Sarah. Yes. And she's actually the one who narrates the audiobooks. Yeah, I loved the movies. There goes a whole section of my author uh, info. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, Mandy, speaking of, do you want to give us some author info? <laughs> sure. It's actually pretty short. I had a hard time finding information about her, surprisingly, because she's still alive. 
Um, well, she was born March 3rd, 1938 in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to our great, great aunt. She lives out there. She married her husband after receiving um, her bachelor's degree from University of Connecticut in 1962. And then she began working as a junior high English teacher. She tends to write realistic fiction, creating plots that often center around children and their relationships with members of their family. Uh, Sarah Plain and Tall won the 1986 Newbery Medal and was later expanded by Patricia into a screenplay for the 1991 made-for-TV movie starring Glenn Close, as we discussed previously. <laughs> so she got to write the screenplay. That's what that sounds like. That's what it sounds like. That's cool. She has also held creative writing workshops for both children and adults. Um, she's been a visiting lecturer at Smith College in Massachusetts. And in 2002, she was awarded a National Humanities Medal. And that's all I've got for her. Very cool. But she seems like a wonderful human. So according to the back flap of my copy of the book that I got from the library, it says that this book is based on a true event in her family history. Really? But it doesn't say what it exactly the true event was but hmm interesting so if anyone knows sound tell us that yeah i think is there just one movie leah or are there multiple um like, no I it seems like there there's multiple movies because um when i looked it up there's the sarah plain and tall trailer and then there's the sarah plain and tall skylark trailer yeah and that's the second book so it seems like there's more than one. And I I remember watching like a lot of that. <laughs> so I don't know if we got them as part of feature films, even though they were Hallmark. I don't know why we would have had Hallmark movies um, unless we recorded it off the TV, like old school. Mm-hmm. But I think they used to release Hallmark movies on VHS and then you could just buy them yeah, pretty easily. The back. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Because I, I, I remember it being a VHS, but... Um, yeah. I feel does Hallmark still make movies like that? I feel like now all Hallmark does is like the Christmas romantic stuff. <laughs> yeah. I I mean they make other movies that aren't Christmas, but they all kind of have that same feel. I feel yeah. like when we were kids it was more like this, like books movies based on books or yeah. Hallmark was like, you know, that wholesome family entertainment. And now yes. it's not that it's not wholesome, but it's not really family entertainment. <laughs> right. It's just all romance, basically. Yeah. Well, we need to start a a Twitter campaign. <laughs> and we're going to tell Hallmark what we want, okay? Like, The Boys Next Door. That That's a Hallmark yes, movie. Yes, it was a Hallmark I love that movie. movie. Me too. Yeah, they were movies like that. They were like feel-good mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. heartwarming, like a yeah. like like a Hallmark card, you know. Exactly. See, <laughs> see what they did there. Jotting this down to start off the social media campaign. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, and so back in the day, Hallmark commercials were like tearjerkers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've I've been in in the Hallmark museum i guess they had i don't know if they still have it but it was in kansas city i went when i was a kid and people 
could go into these little booths and watch different Hallmark commercials. And I remember like people would come out just sobbing because <laughs> all the commercials are just like playing on your emotion. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Go into these booths for a healing cry. Exactly. <laughs> it's like that's so awesome. Locals just go there for therapy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool that there's a museum. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they still have it. I I know, you know, Kansas City is kind of the hub for Hallmark, but I should see if they still have. If they do, we'll put a link in the show notes. Interesting. That's Leah. I didn't know this about you. I learned something new. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm. I'm just very complex. You You're are. just well-traveled. Well-traveled, and you yes. just hit all these unique places in exactly. your travels. Crown Center. Hallmark Visitors Center. It says it's temporarily closed because of COVID-19. Well, maybe as soon as they open, two. we're taking a team friendship road trip. Oh, <laughs> you guys. Discover how a teenager from Nebraska tucked two shoeboxes of postcards under his arms and set out to create an iconic company in Kansas City. They walk you through Hallmark's beginnings. Oh my goodness. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow, we got way off track here. We did. Let's discuss this book, guys, okay? Okay. Let's do it. In chapter one, we're introduced to Anna and Caleb and their father, Jacob. We learn that their mother passed away shortly after Caleb was born. And their father tells them that he has placed an ad in the newspaper for a wife and that he has received an answer. Her name is Sarah Wheaton, and she is from Maine. The children want to know more about Sarah, but the thing they want to know most is if Sarah sings. Ever since their mama died, there has been no singing in their house. Um, the book doesn't ever say outright where the story takes place. We just know that it's somewhere in the Midwest prairies of America. But I'm wondering, like, she was born in Cheyenne? Like, could it be... Mm-hmm. Maybe it's in Wyoming? I don't know. I mean, Wyoming is has a more rocky terrain. But I don't know. But I don't know. We live in Illinois. So the whole time I was reading it, I was just thinking of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like back in the day, the planes all kind of looked the same. So yeah, feel free to put it in Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. But anyway, and yeah, and according to Goodreads, it's set in the late 1800s. But I don't remember it saying that in the book anywhere. I no, do not I either. either. But if you read some of the later books, they talk about World War One, mm, Yes. So it makes sense that this first book is like the late 1800s. So. So chapter two, um, Caleb, Papa, and Anna all wrote letters to Sarah, and they started receiving their replies. And I 
I don't know about you guys, but I do love books that are letter based. I think yes. they're really sweet mm-hmm. and you get to a different glimpse into people's thoughts. And so we see some of the replies and Sarah's replies are just very sweet. I'm not going to read all of them, but it's one of my favorite parts. Just her addressing the kids questions in such a kind way. Things like, can you braid? What do you, what can you cook? What do you like? What are your favorite colors? And I just enjoyed reading through those letters. I also, my heart is just breaking for, for Caleb. Does it ever say how old he is? It doesn't. That's what I thought. No, he doesn't. seems young, like four or five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just so concerned about if she'll come, if she'll like him. Um, I love, what if she thinks yes. we are loud and pesky? And <laughs> like, it's just so sweet and it just makes you want to give him a big hug and be like, it's okay. Yeah. She's going to love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we also learn about Sarah's cat named Seal, who is a prominent character in the rest of the book. And we learn that she just has this great love for the ocean, for the sea um, because she is from Maine. And so that gives them some doubts. Like, is she really going to like it here? Which that is a huge change to move from yeah. Maine to wherever they are. Yeah. I've never been to Maine, but everyone I've talked to who has either lived there or visited there cannot stop talking about how beautiful it is there it's gorgeous Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous i've seen pictures i mean it's like just this romantic storybook place because it's basically all ocean and cliffside and it's just beautiful i've only visited once and it was such a change from what we grew up with so i can't even imagine like if this is based on a true story, someone coming from Maine to live in the plains, like the plains are very boring. So, <laughs> yeah, that would be hard. We have seas of fields. It's true. It's true. It's just beautiful. <laughs> so also in chapter two, we learn that Sarah has responded to Papa and said that she'd like to come visit for a month and just try it out to see if she can make it in the plains. Um, So they have a family meeting, um, Papa and the kids, and they all agree that yes, that would be a wonderful idea. So Papa writes to her and lets her know. So then Papa receives her response and it says, Dear Jacob, I will come by train. I will wear a yellow bonnet. I am plain and tall, Sarah. And then we learned that at the bottom of the letter, she also wrote, tell them I sing. It's just so sweet. (laughs) It is. And I cried at that part. I'm so glad. So in chapter three, Sarah arrives in her yellow bonnet, plain and tall. She brings her cat seal with her. She brings pieces of the sea with her for Anna and Caleb. She brings a shell for Caleb and a smooth white stone for Anna. But the children can tell that Sarah already misses her home and the sea, and they are just really worried that she's going to change her mind and go back to Maine. I think, is it in this chapter that they're like, a month is a long time and she could change her mind in the, you know, mm-hmm. in that time period? Yeah. yeah. I think it is. And I do love that she brings her cat and yes. the cat's name is Seal. <laughs> it's so lovely. 
I also love the way that um, Patricia uses her words. Um, We've talked about before that she is um, just very, very good at condensing down. This book is so concise and so age appropriate, but yet incredibly descriptive. So the stone she brings for Anna, it says the sea washes over and over and around the stone, rolling it until it is round and perfect. And there's so many times in this book where you can picture things so clearly. Yes, I I love this book because it takes me on this elaborate event adventure, but like I read it in like 45 minutes today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you feel like you've been engulfed in a totally different yes. world for the past yes. 45 minutes. It it actually made me want to read like the rest of the books. I exactly. was like, I, I have to know more about these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really sucked in. So I mean, I read this when I was younger, but then um, I listened to it on audiobook, which I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about how Glenn Close narrates the audiobook. Yeah, yeah. So I listened to it on audiobook and then I just kept listening. I just sat and knitted or crocheted and listened to Glenn Close tell me about this beautiful family in the next like three books. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's so good. And she does such a great job. Yes. I don't know, I just, she just, she does all the voices and I just really, really liked it. I I knew it said Glenn Close did it, but even as I was listening, I just kept thinking, there's no way that this is Glenn. Like, other people know, had yeah. to jump in or something. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so, in chapter four... A small detail, but one that I really loved is that it you hear that the dogs really loved Sarah, um, which yeah. I think, too, is a big mm-hmm. deal to the kids because obviously the dogs are kind of close to the kids. So to see them loving her and her loving them was really sweet. I, I judge people on <laughs> right. if my dogs like them. Right. So. <laughs> you know what's frustrating to me? This is totally off topic, but... Dogs love me and I'm so allergic to them. Like I I understand. I I can't let my own dogs lick me exactly. because I'll break out into hives. Like, okay, you verified I'm a good person. Can you leave me alone now? <laughs> See, dogs love me, but I just don't like dogs. Right? I I'm not it even allergic. That they know that even though you don't like them that you're still a good person. You're well, not going to like hurt I'm them. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. <laughs> Yeah, I would never harm a dog. I just don't want you jumping on me. It's true. Well, it's some true. dogs don't jump. You just need a dog that doesn't jump. Yeah. Uh, so we also, as adults, probably read more into this, but we get a little bit of a glimpse into Papa and Sarah's relationship, which especially now that I'm reading it as an adult, I was very curious about that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That would just be very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Like, just just to navigate that and with him, you know, having lost his first wife and trying to, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think, like, his primary goal in this was to find a a mother for his kids and someone to help him on the farm. But I I think they, they do find love. Yes. 
And that's, you see a little bit, Papa was quiet and shy, quiet, mm-hmm. quiet and shy. I was there, I can't talk. But sweet little Caleb is so, I think, seeing it from an adult's perspective, so insecure that he's just talking to Sarah from morning to night. Like, yes. where are you going? <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, Poor Sarah. I know. <laughs> I'll come with you. <laughs> I just feel like I can relate to him so much. Yeah. Just like I remember being a kid and just like, I don't know, just worrying about things and not knowing what's going to happen. And yep. just that desire that he wants for some sense of security. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my my heart breaks for him. Like, yes. he's just mm-hmm. like so insecure and scared this whole book. And Sarah is so kind and patient mm-hmm. with him. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so, so sweet. And we see, a little, like, in this chapter, she says something about winter. And he says, oh, she said winter. That means Sarah's going to stay till winter, you know? And yeah, oh, it's just heartbreaking. <laughs> like, yeah. Is this, oh, yes. This is also the chapter that I realize something I've just taken as fact and said my whole life came from this book. Um, we see Sarah giving haircuts to everyone in the family. And then she leaves their hair um scatters their curls around the ground and the fence and things like that and Caleb asked her why and Sarah says for the birds they will use it for their nests later we can look for nests of curls and I say that all the time like if we're driving and I have some hair like I'll throw it out the window and be like oh there's you know it's for the birds they're gonna use it for their nests (laughs) and my husband thinks I'm crazy but this is where I got it I love that I'm pretty sure it's a thing, too. I mean, I don't think they would lead me astray in this book. (laughs) So in Chapter 5, Sarah tells the children about dunes. They are sad that they do not have any dunes where they live. And Papa tells them that they do have a dune, the pile of hay next to the barn. And so they have fun sliding down their quote-unquote dune. And then after they're done, Sarah draws pictures of the family and then writes a letter to her brother, William, and she's going to send the picture to him. So this is just something she does. She likes to draw and use her, I think she uses charcoal, charcoal drawings. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and once again, sweet little Caleb, she says something about our dune, and he just like loves it. It says his mouth yes. formed the words I had heard too, our dune. <sighs> I just love this. Book. So sweet, it is, and he's so like observant, like that, like paying attention to everything she's saying and yeah. reading into it. I also love that she draws and it just mm-hmm. like like that would be the way to like try to send pictures right. home right yeah. you know <laughs> whether they were good drawings or not you know <laughs> i'm glad we don't do that these days right i i would just it's like these a stick figures yes <laughs> <laughs> wow people are mighty skinny in the plains <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing like some of those illustrations and the really 
early Newberry books. I can't remember which book it was, but the author drew her own illustrations and they were not good. <laughs> oh, ginger pie. That's yes. what you're thinking of. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing right now. The worst book ever. I yeah. remember. I forget where I read it, but it was somebody who was like reviewing the book and they were like, it's okay to find an illustrator for your book. You don't have to do the illustrations exactly. yourself. Mm-hmm. That was rough. So we move in to chapter six. Everyone's getting a little bit more familiar with each other, which is really sweet. Um, Sarah's learning how to work on the farm and do some of the different things that will help Papa some of the chores around the farm, which is really sweet. I love that she is just jumping in. She's so courageous. Mm-hmm. It was not, not this chapter, but later I'll say something else about that. Um, and then we le- learn a little bit about their winters. Um, the kids go to school in winter time. They have to tie a rope from the house to the barn so they don't get lost. And as they're working, it's hot in summer and they finished up and Sarah says, let's go swimming. And the kids say, well, we don't have sea here. Where are we going to go swimming? And she goes to the cow pond. And I could not help but be grossed out by that. <laughs> I do not like swimming in like fresh water. Yeah, neither do that, I. But that was like a thing, you know. I, I think even She's when... not from around there, though. <laughs> <laughs> even when... Like, I don't know, like, even when my mom was a kid, didn't she talk about, like, swimming She in... swam in the horse trough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they cleaned it out and filled it up. I don't okay, think it was, like, right. the one that the horses... I I mean, that's <laughs> what I think. I don't know. I, I have to ask her, but yeah. Interesting. I mean, if you're hot and you got a thing full of water... I guess. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> I just, I was a little grossed out by it. (laughs) All right, in chapter seven, the neighbors, Matthew and Maggie, and their children come over to help Papa plow a field, and they bring chickens for Sarah. Yes. And I love that, like, like she's like, oh, these are for you, you know, for for eating, basically. And, like, and Anna, like, observes, like, how Sarah interacts with the chickens. And she's like, oh, yeah, these these no. are not going to be nope. for eating. <laughs> like, she lets them come these. in the house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the chapter where Maggie says her famous line. There are always things to miss no matter where you are. So true. Yes. I need to like frame that. Right? And that's what I mean with this book. She just writes so, I don't know if it's heartfelt or I don't even know the right word to describe it, but it just packs a punch, you know? It does. And, and it's not like choppy. Like she... She's so talented. Like, right. I didn't feel like I was missing anything, even though, like, there were times where I could tell that, like, perhaps a little bit of time has passed. I just. Props to 
Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) Maggie also gives Sarah some flowers so she can plant her own garden. She's like, you have to have a garden. Yes. So she helps her do that. And then at the end of the chapter, Papa brings in some roses to give to Sarah. And like, that's kind of just that, like you were saying earlier, Leah, like we just kind of get these small glimpses Mm -hmm. of their relationship and it was just a sweet gesture that he does for her yes Mm -hmm. and i think i think the fact that he wants a mom for his kids but also wants her to be his wife they kind of go hand in hand i would i can only imagine if if this were a real life situation to see someone being so great with his kids and jumping right in and investing in the farm like that's only going to endear you more Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just so sweet. So, in chapter eight, uh, we see Sarah um, helping out more on the farm, and I love this. She's dressed in a pair of overalls at the beginning of the chapter. And Caleb said, Mm -hmm. women don't wear overalls. (laughs) And Sarah goes, this woman does. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I I love love that. that. (laughs) I want to frame that. Yes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) This woman does. (laughs) It's just so sassy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we also see that she wants to... Learn how to drive a wagon. And again, poor Caleb doesn't want her to learn how to drive the wagon because he's afraid she'll leave. Yes. But I think Mm -hmm. we can all guess, as a woman who's been single most of her life, she just needs some freedom and just a way to be independent a little bit. And then Papa says he'll have to teach her another day because he has to fix the roof. And she says, no, we have to fix the roof. I just... I'm reading a lot from the chapter because I feel like it kind of is a turning point for them of Sarah committing a little bit more to the land and to the family uh, just being assertive like I'm here I'm a part of this I can help you um, and be a teammate like not to get like super theological or deep but I feel like this is such a good picture of help meet it's not like a pansy yeah. you know oh whatever you say husband woman it's like no I am in this with you I'm gonna help you on this roof I'm gonna wear these overalls Mm -hmm. and be a part of this farm you know I it was just such a wonderful picture of that yeah I love it (laughs) so um so they're working on the roof um Anna and Caleb are kind of having a moment because Caleb thinks that uh Sarah's gonna leave them and then all of a sudden um They're called outside and a squall is coming. I, well, I actually asked um, my little female helper that lives in my house, Alexa, I asked her, um, and she said that um, it's a sudden strong storm line, basically, with wind, sometimes snow, sleet. This one, it seemed to have hail. At first, I thought maybe it was a tornado because you just don't hear the term squall very often, I guess, in our weather. Mm -hmm. But they all had to kind of jump to action as if it were a tornado. It's kind of what it reminded me of, just getting all the animals in and trying to keep everything safe. Sarah had to run back out and save her her chickens (laughs) because she wanted to keep them safe. 
And then this sweet moment that's kind of foreboding, Sarah saved an armful of summer roses, which previously Mm -hmm. they had mentioned like those could be used for a wedding. So I thought that was really sweet. Yes. I noticed that too. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just have a fun time, like all hunkered down in the barn. I just felt like that seemed really cozy and like... (laughs) It did. I just I kind of to felt like I was there. I was all cuddled up in I my know. bed reading, and I was like, oh, <laughs> we have shelter in the barn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they came out, and again, these, I love the last lines in her paragraphs. They kind of leave you breathless. When they came out from the barn, there was hail everywhere. It says the hail crunched and melted beneath our feet. It was white and gleaming for as far as we looked, like sun on glass, like the sea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved all that little, little stuff like that. They brought the sea to Sarah. (laughs) So Papa teaches Sarah how to ride a horse and how to drive a wagon. And so Harris, so Sarah heads into town by herself, and Anna and Caleb are worried she is never going to come back. Like, this was it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're never going to see her again. And poor Caleb, he was like, I'm too loud and pesky, and the house is too small. And and Anna's trying to reassure him. And um, But Sarah does return, and... Um, Anna says, we thought you might be thinking of leaving us because you missed the sea. And Sarah smiles and says, no, I will always miss my old home. But the truth of it is, I would miss you more. Oh. It's so sweet. It really is. It's so sweet. I know, they were worried she wasn't come back. And the whole time I was like, do they really think she's just going to like run off with their wagon? <laughs> I know. And, and their horse? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I know. Poor kids. But she brings them a package. She brings them three colored pencils that are blue and gray and green because those are her favorite colors because they're the colors of the, of sea. the sea. And the whole book when she's been doing her drawings, I think it's Caleb who says there's something missing from her drawings. What's missing? And it's those colors. Mm-hmm. And so now mm-hmm. when they do their drawings, they can have those colors so they can draw the sea it's just so good it is if it's okay with you guys i would like to read the very last paragraph of Mm -hmm. the book yes i think that would be fitting oh and you know soon there will be a wedding um you know so it's kind of stated that they're going to get married and here's the last paragraph it says autumn will come then winter cold with a wind that blows like the wind off the sea in maine There will be nests of curls to look for and dried flowers all winter long. When there are storms, Papa will stretch a rope from the door to the barn so we will not be lost when we feed the sheep and the cows and Jack and old Bess. And Sarah's chickens, if they aren't living in the house. (laughs) There will be Sarah's sea, blue and gray and green, hanging on the wall. And songs, old ones and new. And seal with yellow eyes. And there will be Sarah, plain and tall. It's so good. It is. It is so good. 
Oh, I loved this book. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised. And I will say, I was surprised by the sequels. I felt like they lived up to the original. Yeah, I I was going to say, like, if you like this book then, and you haven't read the sequels, read them because they're, I mean, I've read all of them except the last one, and I thought they were all really good. Mm-hmm. I will have to, I will have to do that. And they're all just as short, um, but just mm-hmm. as beautifully written. Yeah, I think, at, you know, at least this book, because I listened to them on audiobook, but then I did get the physical copy of the book from the library and after i saw it i was like i feel like a second grader or even Mm -hmm. like a first grader who might be like a good reader could read this Mm -hmm. by themselves you know it's just the chapters are short the at least the the letter the lettering in my book is you know the font is a good size it's not too small and it also makes a good read aloud book. So definitely, I thought that too. It'd be perfect for like a chapter or two at night. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then if you know, mamas, if you don't want to read, then just turn on Glenn Close and she'll read it for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the world we live in now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else to say about the book before we talk about? I don't. I. I just, I overall loved it, and I I read it very quickly, and but I felt like I went into the book <laughs> while I was reading it. It was, it was good. Yeah, it just gave me that feeling. I mm-hmm. we've talked about this before about how books can give me a feeling, and that's usually how I base my rating of the book is how it makes me feel not necessarily about Mm -hmm. what it's about um and it just I just I don't know it just made me feel like how I felt when I read Anne of Green Gables Mm -hmm. and just similar books like that yeah yeah it was one of those books where it was easy for me to feel like I was like there it sucked me in you know like how when you get like lost in the story yeah, that's that's my favorite thing. And this did that. So two yeah. thumbs way, way up. Yeah, I'm fairly certain this is one of those books that I read and reread as a kid. And it's like the Kathleen Kelly quote, like, this is one of those books that kind of became a part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just reading back into it, it just felt like seeing an old friend and an old oh, friend that you I can just, that. you know, pick back up where you left off and yeah I kind of want to read it again (laughs) it's just like a happy thing I feel like it's something (laughs) I could read when I just want something cozy (laughs) yeah oh I love that (laughs) (laughs) oh all the feels from this book (laughs) and you guys (laughs) so good Well, let's talk about some themes yes. that are brought up in this book that would be, you know, good to discuss with your children or even some fun, like, uh, lessons you can do. You know, this book definitely explores themes of loss mm-hmm. and abandonment or, like, fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about Caleb especially, just 
worried if is Sarah going to stay or not mm-hmm. and just the pressure he put on himself um like it was all up to him whether or not mm-hmm. she stayed <laughs> and these are just I don't I love that this book explores that because those are feelings that kids feel and they might not be able to articulate how they're feeling and so the you know mm-hmm. books like this can help you open up those conversations with your mm-hmm. kids you you could say you know have have you ever felt like Caleb felt maybe like in a in a situation before and and just I don't know I just think books they're so great when it comes to stuff like that they are I definitely like Caleb's concern that you know Sarah's going to come back if she goes into the city it seems so absurd but I've seen that even in our own daughter, like me going downstairs at the beginning of our journey with her could have made her feel insecure and scared mm. because yeah. she hasn't, I haven't built that trust with her. And yeah, I think that I don't know like how experienced Patricia is with kids that have lost parents and then someone, it just, it's spot on though. Like Sarah had to earn yeah. their trust and yeah. I think it was very well done. And mm-hmm. I this book isn't like gritty and I think some of our Newberry books are very dramatic and a lot of like negative things happen. And I felt like this book deals with some difficult things, but it all is very positive somehow. Does that make sense? No, I yeah, that that makes a lot of sense and I completely agree with you. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's it's not wrong. I feel like there can be healthy, no. happy, like, yes, there's insecurity and fear. Yes. But she comes back. There's resolution. There's yeah, trust and working together. And I just, yeah, I, I really, I think that's another reason why it's so heartwarming because you don't have to have all of the, like, terrible things happening repeatedly. Like, the bad thing happened, yeah. but also there's some good that came. Yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of enjoyable to just to just read something. <laughs> right. I don't know how to explain it. Like like without waiting for the other <laughs> shoe to drop or whatever. Exactly. Like. No, because I feel like if in another type of book, like if she had gone off in the wagon, we're going to have to wait like five chapters to right. find out if she's coming back or right. not. That's what I was but expecting. We just had to wait like a paragraph. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I love that. Like, I thank you for not trying to manipulate your readers, Patricia. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is so it. It's not drama for drama's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I also love the theme of community. I mean, we just get a small glimpse of it, but when their neighbors come over mm-hmm. and, like, you find mm-hmm. out, like, they help each other plow their fields because, they, you know, they need help doing it. Yep. And I just love that. Yeah, it's very sweet. And that continues in some of the follow-up books. Yeah. And I was definitely struck by that as well. We don't have that same... I mean, I know there are still places that have that sense of community. Where we live, it's it's more spread out and people are a little less trusting. But yeah, that was really sweet to see. It made me like want to live somewhere that's less like where we live, though. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and I live somewhere where my next neighbor is like, you know, a couple miles down the road. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's funny you say that though because we were just in a small town and normally I'm very opposed to small town life. It just doesn't appeal to me. I don't I'm not against it. I just feel like that's not what I was created for. But we went to a small town recently and I was like, you know, this is kind of nice. And I think it's because of this book. Like <laughs> because you see just... like the tightness of that rural community and I know there's cons to things, but I just it's, I think it's the simplicity of stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the older I get, the more I just want that. I just want simple. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> I will say, though, I think there's kind of we're kind of in the middle ground where we live in the city or in more urban places like where people are really close together, like apartments, mm-hmm. high rises, that kind of thing. Right. I feel like that sense of community somehow circles back because you're mm-hmm. kind of all up in everyone's business. <laughs> and right. so you see the same people all the time. You're in the elevator with them. You're, you know, going to the same <laughs> store down the street all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like the small community store, not like a huge Walmart yeah. or Meyer or something. And mm-hmm. so you, that sense of community kind of comes back around where you check in with everyone. Oh, I haven't seen this neighbor in a while, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Anyway, that's a small observation. <laughs> I think, like, also, like, if you're part of, like, a church family, you can yes. have that yep, sense of sure. community where, you, where, you know, it's not the same as, like, like small town community, but it's, it's similar, you mm-hmm. know? But I feel like we lost that this past year. Yeah. Like, in a really big way. Mm-hmm. And I'm hopeful that we can get it back again. <laughs> yeah. Like, things are starting to get a little bit better and we're starting to see people more often and have you know gatherings and stuff like that so i'm hopeful Mm -hmm. we can get back to it because i've really really missed it like a lot so yeah i feel like even just a couple years from now it's gonna be you know maybe not entirely back to normal but i feel like closer to normal and i just think about that because i'm just like it's such a short period of time when you think about that like right now we're in it but when I think about like a couple years from now like this is gonna be like just something that we went through in our lives yeah (laughs) I try to just think about that to get through (laughs) that's good that's helpful (laughs) um so some like less deeper stuff like you could talk about how Anna and Caleb helped their father on the farm and just kind of how I kind of kept waiting for them to complain right about their chores or to like oh I don't feel like doing mm-hmm. that or whatever but they never did and I, maybe it's just me and like <laughs> wishful thinking that like all children have, can be that way <laughs> I don't know but I don't know I just I think it's a good character lesson for kids to like they just mm-hmm. knew what was expected of them mm-hmm. and they just did it like they say, knew it was th- just their life like yeah it's what they did yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know I just really like that so. I also wonder if it came from like circling back like to the loss of their mom like right. knowing that their yeah. dad needed help and yeah you yeah. know And then, yeah, some, like, school things you could do is, like, letter writing. You could practice writing letters. You can talk about Mm -hmm. geography. You can talk Mm -hmm. about Maine and the sea and the prairies. So there's all kinds of fun 
lessons you could do with that. And I think too, especially, I mean, depending on where you live geographically, I know here we live in Illinois and there are different places you can go where they're trying to preserve the prairies or bring back some of the agriculture that you would have found in a prairie. Yeah. Um, So that would even Mm -hmm. be a fun field trip to learn about that. For sure. Yeah. I want to go on that field trip. (laughs) All right. We will bring you. (laughs) (laughs) Take me with your children to do the fun field trips. Mandy's like sketching out the the flowers in her sketchbook. (laughs) Got her magnifying glass. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it, it too, man. I'll have like a backpack and stuff and I'll just yep. look like a little like girl scout. I mean, and then <laughs> you should like braid your hair. <laughs> we could also go see a farm and and the animals, you know? We could yes. talk about that and then go on a farm field trip. That would be fun. That would be so fun. <laughs> You could also do some science things with this book, like talk about weather and the squalls, you know, like Leah, you, mm-hmm. that was something you weren't familiar with and it'd be fun to mm-hmm. learn more about that. I think it's just not really a term used really yeah. anymore. Well, and I was thinking about it. I mean, the way that um, just things are built up, I'm wondering if a squall is not going to be as devastating i feel like i've seen squalls but it doesn't have all that open land i guess i don't know i'm wondering if that makes a difference yeah oh absolutely interesting to learn about so there's something you could look up open flatlands (laughs) that would make because we see like we see storm lines coming across with hail and strong winds Mm -hmm. but -hmm. it's not as big of a deal i mean we live in sturdy houses there's buildings all around to, you know, block us in a little bit. Maybe not some of us, but <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Maybe Lauren has been affected by the squalls more than the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, I'm trying to think. There was a few years ago where it was just a regular day. There were no, like warnings or watches or anything like that for like tornadoes or storms Mm -hmm. or anything and just i remember all of a sudden it started raining really hard and it was really windy like it looked like there was a hurricane outside my window and i was like (laughs) what is happening and it maybe lasted for like five minutes like it wasn't long but Mm -hmm. then after everything cleared up um i looked out and one of the big trees outside had Mm -hmm. fallen over and i was like like how did this happen like five minutes ago like everything was fine you know Why so i don't there know if no that warning was, i know so i don't know if that was a squall or and not, that's or... that is one of the definitions is that it lasts for minutes instead of seconds mm-hmm. so maybe maybe you experienced a squall I'd, maybe i did you should get yeah, a t-shirt t-shirt i am a squall survivor oh uh, you know i'm all about t-shirts right <laughs> <laughs> well you could also talk about seashells and Mm -hmm. sea animals and ocean animals Mm -hmm. just with sarah's love of the sea and then 
erosion. We could talk about erosion with with the smooth stone. Yeah. And like she describes kind of that process yep. of erosion with mm-hmm. the stone. So Yeah. I I think the thing that would be the most fun is to kind of try all those things and then make your kids draw them. Because <laughs> that's yeah, throughout right? the book is yeah. her drawing and the kids drawing mm-hmm. and I think it's just so sweet that's that they all do idea. that together. You could do the th- you could do the things and then when you get home you could sit down and draw your experience. Yeah, that would be so fun. You guys are so smart. Could you do I feel like you could do a whole like semester with yeah, Sarah Plain and do Tall. a unit. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Unit. Let's do it. Off this little like what is it? Like 60 65 pages. I mean, I would probably read the book. other one. <laughs> well, yeah, you could read all the books. Like, that'd be so fun. Oh, you guys. So much fun. We're doing it. Do people do charcoal drawings still today? Or is that just yes. like... I I feel like yeah. if you go to some place like internet. Midway Village, you could probably <laughs> buy a charcoal okay. drawing set. I don't know. I just feel like you could. Can you describe to our listeners who might I'm not sorry. be familiar with what you're... Midway Village is um, something in our area. They have a museum and then they have this little village that's probably set maybe in the same time period. What time period is that? Yeah, like late 1800s. Yeah, so probably similar mm-hmm. time period. So there's different houses and businesses that are true to that age. And sometimes they have people working in there. I guess you could compare it to like, um, isn't there's like there's a working Jamestown and or um, okay. mm-hmm. something like yeah. that. So you kind of are you dive into that time, that era. Um, it's great for field trips. Yeah. Throughout the year, they do different events. So they, they do, do like World War One days, right. World right. War Two days. I, I don't know if they do Civil War, but. Which is disturbing to come upon, come upon the bunkers when you're just like walking out on the path there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> was there a war the here? trenches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, say, there I've, was. I've walked that circle before, but I don't think I've ever actually been to like, midway village like i don't think i've been like so i've been to a wedding there yeah i was gonna say i've been to a wedding there and then somebody had a wedding shower there well and when i was in elementary school we did visit there i remember visiting i feel like someone was churning butter maybe i I did when i was younger and i just don't remember it but it's it's like on my bucket list now because like it's it's in my city so i know i i need to take advantage of it it's right down the road for me so yet another field trip (laughs) Guys, we have all the summer plans from this episode. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. (laughs) The summer of Sarah playing it all. (laughs) So excited to churn some butter. Yeah, let's do it. I hear it's really hard. Yeah. Well, if you liked Sarah Plain and Tall, here are some similar books you may enjoy as well. Obviously, read the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, let's see. There's one, two, three, four more books, I think. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, Little House, the Little House series is very similar to these books. Leah, did you read the Little House books? Um, I did. I wasn't as into them when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I I liked this series better, honestly. 
I think I read them more and that was kind of in my mind. I liked that better than Little House. Okay. Yeah. I think I read one of the books. I don't remember which one it was, but I just, I wasn't a big reader when I was a kid anyway. Mm -hmm. Like I remember trying to read and I just couldn't get into books. And so I liked the American Girl books and the Dear America books. Mm -hmm. And then as I got a little bit older, I got, like, really into Nancy Drew. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just couldn't get into The Little House. Or um, another book that would be fun is Anne of Green Gables. And I remember trying to read that when I was in, like, yeah. third or fourth grade. And I was just like, you know, I saw the miniseries. Yes. <laughs> and it was so good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't need to read this. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I watched it on repeat, so I kind of felt like yes. I already read the books. <laughs> yes. But I did I did read Anne of Green Gables, the whole series, um, a few years ago, and it gave me the same feelings yes. I got from yep. reading the, the, these books. And so I, I, I was really thinking about reading it. that next because I have it on it's my so shelf. Good. It's so good. Also, can, is just, it possible uh, to own that series? Because I remember watching it with you guys when I was younger, and I loved it, too. I don't know. I'm sure there's probably a way. Yeah, to find it because it's so good. It's mm-hmm. it's in my opinion. There there have been several Anne of Green Gables adaptations, and that one is my favorite. It just is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, agree. Also, Caddy Woodlawn, Ugh, another favorite, is similar to this. <laughs> yes, that was a favorite of mine when I was a kid too. So yeah, if you would like to know more about that book we did an episode on caddy woodlawn a few years ago so go check that out yes (laughs) another one that's sort of similar but a little bit different and definitely more grittier would be roll of thunder hear my cry yes yep Mm -hmm. um and just that whole series too because they talk like they have like their own land and just working together and like the different struggles they go through and then the dad is gone uh, for a while because I think he works on the railroad or something um so yeah just similar themes there so so another book that I read and whenever I think of Sarah Plain and Tall I think of this book is Jacob Have I Loved which I think is another Newberry yes and it just has a similar feel and I might be a similar time similar era but that's another one I loved when I was a kid um, that kind of gave me this. I've never read know. that one, but I have seen the movie. Yes. And I think that <laughs> I read them and then the movies were all kind of out at the same time. So I don't know. I don't know if that was like a trend then or what, but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, that was another one I liked. I, li- I was very proud of the fact that I'd read the book and seen the movie when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. I'm proud of you. I read a ton, and so I don't remember all the things I read, but certain things stick in my head, and Sarah Plain and Tall and Jacob Have I Loved are two of the books that I really enjoyed as a kid. Well, Lauren, you are the one that gets to pick our next book. So what will it be? Okay, guys. So oh, no. our next book <laughs> oh, <boy>. that... You, <laughs> why are you guys I don't nervous? know. That just okay, sounded guys. ominous. <laughs> okay, go ahead. 
Okay, so the book that I have picked for our next book is Secret of the Andes by Anne Nolan Clark. It's the winner of the 1953 Newbery Medal. And here's why I picked it. Because you hate us? No. Because okay. <laughs> that, that was the year that Charlotte's Web got an honor award. What? Oh, so you want to know. And so I want to know. I want to read the book that beat Charlotte's Web and see if it truly deserved the medal. Because Charlotte's Web is so good. Like, right? Guys, I've read that book twice. And I cry every time. So this is like, like this is weep. personal for Lauren. Yes. <laughs> and so I want to know. <laughs> One of the first reviews says this book gets negative attention because it beat out Charlotte's Web yeah. for the 1953 <laughs> Newberry. <laughs> so here's the book description, okay? From Goodreads. This is what it says. Says an Indian boy who tends llamas in a hidden valley in Peru learns the traditions and secrets of his Inca ancestors. They're really not trying to sell us on the book. No, they're not. Where's the so, talking pig? Can we, we shall see? Can we watch The Emperor's New Groove instead of reading this book? <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Cuscotopia. Uh. Cuscotopia, yes. So anyway, that's the book I picked. All right. So I'm definitely going to listen to it on audio. Yeah. It's like three hours long. Yeah, it's only, um, it says paperback, 128 pages. So I think we can do it. It's not too bad. No. Right, it's in my Amazon cart. Yeah, I don't have this one. I've honestly never even heard of this one. I've never heard of it either. But you know what I have heard of? Charlotte's Charlotte's Web. Web. You know what I have heard oh of. This book better be at least decent, or I it's know not gonna be how good. the next just, episode I'm, is going to go. I'm Guys, coming I'm into it with my so own looking forward preconceived. <laughs> Ranting Lauren is my favorite Lauren, and I feel like that is what we're going to get on the next episode. So tune in, guys. Oh, it's going to be good. <laughs> All right, guys, should we let the people know how to get in touch with us? Yes, we should. You can email us, teamfriendshippodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Team Friendship Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash teamfriendshippodcast. And you can go to our website to see show notes and find other past episodes. That's teamfriendshippodcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at JediReader1138. You can find me on Instagram at RedheadedReader. I am also on Instagram at MandyMalayFauxReader. Well, folks, we will see you all on another time. And remember, friends, no two persons ever read the same book ever. <laughs> <laughs>